to our study of how to live the good life now. And one of the things that is interesting about Solomon and his wanting to teach his son about the ways of life and giving him wisdom and understanding and learning is that he spends a lot of time talking about the characteristics of a fool. And I like that. He really talks a lot about the fool. And I think he does that for a couple of reasons. I think, first of all, he doesn't want his son to spend time with fools. That he will not see these people and engage time with a fool, but will recognize that these people are living foolishly. I should not spend time with them or learn from them, but should rather stay away and avoid them. And the second thing, of course, is he doesn't want his son to be a fool. Not only do you want them to avoid foolish friendships, but you don't want your own child to live a foolish life. And what I'm going to look at this morning are a lot of the characteristics, not all of them, because uh, certainly the Proverbs are overwhelming with descriptions about foolish living and what characterizes a fool. But we're going to look at a lot of them. Now, let me warn you. I am not personally calling you a fool. (laughs) I am just simply expressing what the scriptures here show. So please do not get, boy, that's just really rough today. But but look at the characteristics that are described here. And if something touches your heart, you say, yeah, I've done that in my life. That, That will be a flag to say, okay, then I need to be aware of that and not take those steps again. So we'll look at some of the things that that God's Word reveals to us and tells us how to live the good life. And so one of the things that I think is interesting is we have a call by Solomon that the fool has his eyes on the world or on the ends of the earth. Notice Proverbs 17.24, the discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. And I find this an interesting proverb because I like to, when I think of a proverb and you know you kind of complete the sentence, that's not how I would have completed the proverb. I would have said the discerning sets his face toward wisdom and the eyes of the fool are on folly. That's how I would have written that proverb. And there's a statement of the obvious. But notice that's not what he says. He doesn't just say, you know, a fool just goes out and wants to make really bad decisions. You know, the fool says in his heart, I'm going to stand in the street today and see what happens. You know, that's not true. A fool does not necessarily just decide, I'm going to do some really boneheaded decisions today. But what the fool does is he has his eyes on the world. He doesn't have his eyes on what is wisdom. His heart is not set upon the things that are of God. Rather, his eyes are always looking around to the things of the earth. And I think there's just a tremendous amount of applications in trying to to put that in a picture of what that looks like today. I would say one of the ways this proverb comes to pass is for those of us when we always have our mind on worldly things. Instead of focusing our, our minds and our hearts on spiritual things, we have our minds so often focused on worldly things. We're not thinking about what is true wisdom in this world. We look out around us and see what other people are doing. We have a, a very difficult syndrome that uh, afflicts humanity, which is 
trying to keep up with the neighbors. We often call it keeping up with the Joneses. And that, that's been all going around forever. You know, it wasn't, but what was that, about 15 years ago, you had Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and you've got uh, those kind of shows on today still of reflecting, well, look at what you could have. And, and, and that's a, a strong temptation, and yet it is the eyes of a fool that is always looking at somebody else's life. And thinking that their way is better, and boy, my life is just really terrible, and look at all the good things they have. Instead of focusing on, well, what does God want me to do in my life? You're focused on, well, look at what they're doing. I want to do that too. (laughs) They get those things, I want that. They do these things, I want to be able to do that. Eyes upon the ends of the earth. You're always looking around and making decisions based upon what everybody else says. And you kind of take a poll. Okay, that's kind of the current mode for the day. And that's what I'm going to do. Not focused on wisdom. And that's, I think, the, the idea of what Solomon is trying to teach his son. It, it, is don't look around at the majority to make your decisions in life. Don't look around at what the world says is the right idea. Set your face toward wisdom. Point yourself toward God to learn what is the best direction. And not just simply listen to what the common psychology is of the day or the common opinion or what seems to be social wisdom for the hour. It's not going to work for you. And I think it's a very important lesson that having our eyes on the world really does bring a lot of pain and suffering. Uh, It is really impossible, absolutely impossible, For you and I to have a sense of contentment and joy in our current circumstances. If we always have our eyes on the world. If we're always looking at, well, this person has this, that, or whatever going for them. And if I look at my neighbor and I look at what's on TV and I'm seeing all these things, that's not going to help me in my life have the godly characteristics that God wants me to have. So think about that first proverb. The eyes are always on the world and not focused on wisdom. The second is kind of interesting. Imagine Solomon telling his son, the fool lacks wisdom. But worse than that, the fool not only lacks the wisdom, but he also offers false wisdom. Uh, these are some tremendously beautiful proverbs. Uh, just, these are memorable like the lame man's legs, which hang useless, is a proverb in the mouth of, a fool, of fools. There you go. Uh, that, that's how useful uh, a proverb is. Just as much as a lame man's legs are, are usable, so much is a proverb to, in the mouth of the fool. I like this one. Like a thorn that grows up into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. I think one of the first elements you're seeing in these first two parables, excuse me, proverbs, is that Solomon is saying, you realize that that wisdom does not reside in the fool. That you could say these wise things to them and they're not going to get it. They're not going to have any wisdom. They're not going to gain that understanding. And then take it a step further, on their own mouth is false wisdom. It's foolishness itself. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. I like the gushes there. The mouth of the fool just gushes falling. One of the more fascinating things that we see in foolishness is that a fool thinks they've got it all figured out 
even though everybody else in their life, everybody else looks at their life and says, "What have you done?" <laughs> It's a fascinating event that people who have destroyed their lives are willing to give advice to other people to follow down the exact same path they went down. And that's kind of what the, the proverb is saying here. The wise, they're able to commend with knowledge and able to teach you the right path. The fool, all they do is just babble out more foolishness. And rather than say, you know, this is the way I live my life. And here are the good things that I did. And here are the things that you need to avoid. As nearly every parent does to their child. I made these mistakes and I don't want you to make these same mistakes. The fool doesn't do that. The fool looks within himself and says, well, I've just done everything perfectly in my life. You all know their life is a disaster. They don't see any of the mistakes they've made. They don't see that they've gone down any wrong path. And so they try to bring everybody else to come along with them. Hey, this is the way, way you ought to live your life. Man, does the media just like shout that kind of nonsense? That's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind as I think about this proverb is, is just the amount of foolishness that is taught through the media that seems to be the, the wise way to go. You know, it, it, it's, it's very wise to divorce and remarry 150 times. Isn't that smart? You know, it's a great thing, and it's good for the kids. You know, that, that's, what our, that's what our society wants to, to bring out there. And be, oh, yeah, that's great. Don't do that. The foolishness. And people who go down that road will stand up and declare, oh, no, this is the greatest thing we've ever done. And unwilling to look in the mirror and realize, you know, they actually have lived a very foolish life, a very destructive life. And we need to be aware of that, that the fool will not stand up and say, you know, I made these mistakes, you shouldn't do that. The fool stands up and says, hey, come on down. Uh, I, I did it and you can do it too. And that's what leads into the rest of many of these other descriptions is that the fool never learns. That's where this really ultimately begins to go down is that the fool just simply cannot learn from the decisions that have been made. Proverbs 17.10. A rebuke goes deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into the fool. <laughs> a very interesting comparison here where the one that has understanding, the wise one, you can offer the rebuke. You can say, you know, maybe that wasn't a good thing to do. Maybe you weren't right about that. And it sinks down into the ears and into the heart. The one with understanding allows the words to come in that, you know, that was not a good choice. And you learn from it. What does the fool do? Well, you could beat that guy with a stick over and over again. He still wouldn't learn. That's the, the picture that's being drawn here. Not only can you not say it, you can beat them senseless and they still won't learn. They never learn. And that's the picture of the fool. And friends, none of us want to be fools But many times that's the way we are. We don't want to listen and think, oh, I need to learn something from what somebody else is telling me. We become stubborn. And I'm doing it the right way. And I'm living the way I want to live my life. Oh, I just get so crazy with it. You know, he lived life the way... How is it that everybody who dies now, that's the, the great uh, eulogy to them. Well, he lived life the way that he wanted to live it. Well, Lottie da <laughs> you know, That's great. That doesn't make any sense. They just go down that road. Okay, great. You did that. Wonderful. But that's dumb. 
And that's what Solomon is telling his son. Don't do that. You need to listen to what other people tell you. Be aware of when they're giving you wise counsel, especially the counsel of God. Listen to those rebukes and learn from them. People have things to offer. Your life experiences are different than mine. My life experiences are different than yours. We can learn from each other. I've made mistakes you haven't made yet. And I can say, you know, I, I tried that. I wouldn't do that again. And I really recommend you don't do that. You can listen to that or you can go down that road. And friends, we just act like the 14-year-old teenager whose parent says that. And we go, I'm going to do what I want to do. You've endured things and experienced things that I have not experienced. And you've gone through mistakes and difficulties that I have not experienced. And I can learn from that. That's, that's what the proverb is saying. We can teach each other if we will listen. The fool won't listen. And you can strike him over and over again. You can try to beat it into him. And he's not going to learn. Similar proverb. You cannot separate fools from their foolishness. Even though you, you grind them like grain with mortar and pestle. I like that. There's another, you, you just can't get it, get it away from them. They're not going to learn. You can just beat them, grind them to a pulp. They're not going to get it. And you and I don't want to be those kinds of people. We want to be people who will listen and learn. And so what we see in this never learning, one of the reasons why that happens is that the fool repeats his error. I think that's a real interesting characteristic that Solomon puts his finger on to his son is that one of the hallmarks of a fool is not that you make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But that you make the same mistake over and over and over again. And Solomon called it this. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. I like that. <laughs> a good disgusting picture to really bring the point home. But that's the idea. We look at the dog and go... What are you doing? That's disgusting. Why would you ever return back to your vomit? That is just outrageous. Same thing to the fool. Why would you repeat the same mistake? You blew it once. Okay. Don't do it again and again and again. That is what he's saying. That in the eyes of everyone else is like a dog returning to its vomit. We just sit there and scratch our head. What is going on? Why would you do that? And certainly God has to feel that way with us. Man, does God have to feel that way to look at us and go, would you stop returning to that filth? Will you finally learn the error of your ways and stop repeating that mistake? And so Solomon said, son, my son, it's disgusting in your life. And you keep making the error. When you keep making that mistake, learn from that mistake. The fool never learns. And the fool never changes. That's what is inherent with not learning either. You never learn because you always repeat the error and you never change your life. You never make a, a directional shift and realize, you know, that maybe wasn't the best decision when we made that decision, but now I'm going to change a path and go ahead and go down this road now. I know I set myself going down this way, but rather than continuing in the mistake, I'll go ahead and change and, and veer course. Proverbs 26.3. Talk about never changes. The whip is for a horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Uh, to me, that, that could be encapitalized in one word, stubborn. <laughs> right? 
You've got to beat on those animals to get them to change direction. We just keep on going down the same path. And so it is with a fool. A fool will not open his eyes and realize this is not a good life path. I need to change. Right, that is so important. And so many times we, we get caught up in our own wisdom and we get caught up in, in the circumstances of our life and we refuse to admit that we could just change. We could just stop and go down a different road that I don't have to be continuing to do what I do. The easiest thing to do is to keep the status quo of our life. And we just keep doing what we've been doing because that's what we're used to. And we like to have a schedule. We like to have a routine. And we have our habits, some of them good, some of them bad. And we don't want to change any. We just want to keep doing it. And you have to recognize that doesn't have to be that way. You and I have the power and the ability to say, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. The course that I'm going down is a disaster. I need to change. I need to follow what God's command. I need to follow wisdom rather than the, the things of the world. The fool doesn't listen. And that was part of the rebuke. But listen to this proverb. The reason, the reason why fools never learn, they never listen. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. You know anybody like that? <laughs> Why don't you just sit there and go, oh. <laughs> you know, it's the, the people that we encounter like that, you know how painful that is. You sit there and you try to help them and try to explain to them, okay, this is what would help you. And what are they more interested in doing? They don't want to listen to what might be good counsel they just want to keep blustering about their own think-sos. This is what I ought to be doing. I am so amazed at how many people will ask for the counsel of their, their parents, the counsel of elders, counsel of leaders and churches and preachers. Ask them for, for wise words and direction and counsel. Walk out the door and not do one bit of it. I don't get it. That's being a fool. I don't understand it. And that's what he's saying here. Uh, the fool doesn't get any joy in having understanding. The fool just wants to vent. The fool just wants to tell you what is going on and just say all the things that's going on in their life. Do they really want to change? No. Do they want to get on the right course? No. The fool never learns because the fool doesn't listen. He doesn't want to hear how to get on the right path. He doesn't want to hear how to make proper changes. He doesn't want to hear any good correction or rebuke or exhortation or commending. They just want to be able to speak. The final thing in never learning, you can't learn if you always think you're right. You just can't. And that's hard. <laughs> We want to be so right, you know, that these important decisions in life, we're right. We, we've made good decisions, and so don't question me on, on the decision that I have made. And, and we will couch those things in God. Well, you know, we'll, we'll throw God in there to make it sound like it's good, you know, that, you know, God wants me to do this, and God's led me down this road, and we've prayed about this, and that's, you don't do that. Be, be real with yourself. You just think you're right. You've made a decision and you don't want to change. You don't want to listen to it. You just want to say, I'm right. 
And you cover it by saying, well, this is what God wants me to do. When that may not be the case at all. If you can't find it in the scriptures or can't find it in these Proverbs, for example. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to advice. I think that's a, a, a very good one. The, the way of the fool is, is right in his own eyes. The fool looks at his life and says, I'm going down the right road. I don't see what you're harassing me about, about this decision I'm making. Why are you bugging me? This is fine. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. Carefully think about that first part of that phrase. Where is the decision-making process in your life? Do you decide what is right or wrong, what decisions and circumstances you will go down in this life based upon what's in your own heart? Or do you stop and consider the filter we put on at the very beginning of this series? What's best for God? What's best for His kingdom? What's best for me spiritually? What's best for my family spiritually? You know, it's the, the, the point that's made that you trust in your own heart. We make so many decisions just based upon a quick whim. I think so. This is what I think is right. This is what I ought to do. Without any other consideration about spiritual things or godly things or godly wisdom. So many decisions and life-altering events that happen in our lives. And we simply just place upon, well, you know, this just seems right. And Solomon's warning his son. He's saying, don't just do things because it seems right to you. You need to listen to wisdom. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We use that proverb in a lot of ways, but notice that this is about daily life stuff. True for spiritual things as well, but true for daily life as well. There are a lot of things in life that's going to seem right to us. And yet, it's going to bring about our destruction. In fact, look at it again, because Solomon was so adamant about this proverb, he said it twice. The words won't change, but the Scripture will. From 14.12 to 16.25, he said it again. My son, there is a way which seems right to a man, but at the end of his way is death. Our wisdom sinks us. So many times. And then you know what the fool does in the midst of all that trouble? Is then you turn around and blame God for all your troubles. That's a classic to me. That I, I, not in a joyful I love it, but boy do I just love it sarcastically when people do that. A man's own foolishness ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord. That's perfect. That really seals it right there. You have made all of these decisions. You have disregarded wisdom. You have disregarded the counsel of God. You have disregarded the advice of other people. You plunge yourself into some difficulties. And you know who you blame? You blame God. i got to think God's going, what? <laughs> I didn't have you make that decision. And I think we have to be mindful of that. It is on us. We are the ones who have made the decision. And so often... We get angry at God for the circumstances we're in, and we're the ones that put ourselves in there. 
We're the ones that made the financial decision. We're the ones who chose that spouse or that, that acquaintance or that relationship or that friend. We're the one that chose that job. We're the one that chose that work. We're the one uh, that, that chose to worry about the things of this world rather than the things of God. We're the ones that did that. Quit blaming God. And yeah, that's what we do. God, why are things so rough on me? I'd say the first answer is to look at yourself. You might have made some really bad decisions. And that's what Saul was trying to tell his son. Think about your life decisions because it's going to affect you. And so many of our decisions cause great pain and we want to put the finger on God. And I love how this proverb is worded. It's the man's own foolishness that ruins his life. It's his own bad decisions that has caused the problems. Yet it's his heart that rages against God. He bears no responsibility for his own actions. He puts no trust in the things of God. He puts trust in himself, but gets mad at God because his own wisdom didn't work out. We spoke a little bit about this last week. One of the hallmarks of the fool is the inability to have control. And you and I have a great challenge on that. We spent a lot of time last Sunday talking about the need to control anger. But we need to control every aspect of our lives. We have to control all of our emotions, control desires, control lust, control the physical things that that tempt us on a regular basis. Proverbs 29 and verse 11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. There's a picture of self-control right there. That's a, a challenging proverb. How many times, I know I, and I'm sure you do as well, how many times I want to just, you know, give full vent to my feelings, you know. I cannot believe that you're doing it. I just want to let it fly. Wisdom keeps it back, calculates, thinks about his words before they're said. And that's especially true, like we've talked about with anger, not to give just full vent to feelings. And so often we go off the handle rather than keeping these things within ourselves and quietly dealing with it. We also talked a little bit last week, but also need to note it, that a fool causes a whole lot of problems. It's interesting that the fool not only causes trouble in his own life, but causes trouble in everybody else's life as well. It's equal opportunity fool here in causing destruction. You can't just keep your destruction to yourself and keep your foolishness to yourself you drag down everybody with you. And it's just brutal. It is to a man's honor to avoid strife. But every fool is quick to quarrel. The fool likes to have problems. The fool enjoys conflict. The fool wants to see strife happen. The man who has honor, he tries to diffuse the situation, who tries to find reconciliation, who tries to deal with the circumstance. The fool just lights the match says something that shouldn't be said, does something that shouldn't be done, and causes an explosion in the relationship, in the circumstance, whatever the difficulty is that's bringing this strife to a head, rather than trying to resolve it, they instead light a fuse. I hate to always use this example, but you know, when you see it in Christians, it's how we learn it best. When... The, my home congregation that I grew up in at El Cajon was on the brink of a, of a division uh, over supposedly over an issue. It really wasn't because of that. They just said that. But uh, anyway, they're on the brink of a, a, of a division. 
a couple of men found it suitable as they were having a congregational meeting trying to discuss what to do about this. Took, stood up, walked up to the front, two or three men in, in different order. Stood up to the front, slammed their keys down, and said, I quit. To a man's honor to avoid strike. All she did was light the fuse. And it caused a huge blow up that night when that happened. Have some control. Maintain yourself. These were leaders of that congregation, mind you, not just any old people sitting out there. It happens in Christians. And it's foolishness to act that way. And so the fool causes problems, the fool destroys himself. In the end, the fool really just outright destroys himself. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. <laughs> you ever said that to say, you know, that person just doesn't have any sense. They're going to have some trouble. That's what Solomon's saying to his son. That person's going to have some tremendous life difficulties because they lack sense. The righteous will help others. The fools hurt others. The wise of heart will receive commands, but a babbling fool will be ruined. Here we have this Solomon putting his finger on it again. The fool won't listen. The fool is always talking and never able to listen to what other people have to say. The wise of heart, he receives commands. He listens to what others have to say. <laughs> oh, great, great one to remember as well. A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. <laughs> I just, I read that, you know, yeah, how many people you just want to just punch them in the mouth? You know, that's, that's what you're saying here. The fool just invites a beating. The things that they say and the things that they do, you just want to beat on them. You're like, what are you doing? Don't do that. And that's what he's saying. What it's going to bring about is ruin to his life. Even worse, though, it's a snare to his soul. Destroying himself physically and also spiritually. So don't do that. Instead, the wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool hastens destruction. What I want to talk about then is, so what can we do to avoid being the fool? What can we do to try to stay away from that path? I think as we've looked at here, the really important, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on the wisdom of God and keep your eyes off of the things of the world. It, it is so often that we go along with the common knowledge of the day and the common wisdom of the world. And that wisdom is disastrous. That wisdom is so destructive. That is the wisdom that says, you know, if you're not happy in a marriage, get divorced. It's the wisdom that says if you're not happy with your life, then you just need to only look out for yourself and make yourself happy. It, 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 there's so much wisdom in this world that is so self-centered, uh, it, it, it's self-destructive by following it. And we just ruin ourselves. And we need to keep our eyes on God and not listen to Oprah, Dr. Phil, and any other real afternoon crackpot that gets on there. God's wisdom is what matters and not the wisdom of the world. You want to not be a fool? Really, really want to learn. That's hard. That requires an acceptance of humility upon ourselves that says, you know, 
I don't know it all. And you know some things that I don't know. I know some things you don't know. And we can pool that and really help one another. That we need to listen to others and listen to God. And so often we don't want to listen. We don't want to hear the wisdom of other people and say, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. And give the reasons why. And so often we don't want to listen to God. So many times, let me impress it again. So many times, the last place we turn before we make a life decision is to the Word of God. So one of the last places we turn, so the last thing we do is pray. Do we really think about praying? Do we think about studying the Word before we make a decision? And so often we don't. So often we only incorporate the worldly things. How will this affect me financially? How will this affect me with my comfort? How will this affect my commute? You know, we, that's, that's about what we boil it down to, and we shouldn't do that. Instead, learn from our own mistakes, and don't repeat the error. You don't want to be a fool? When you blow it, own up to it. That's so important. When you make a mistake, don't try to cover it over. You know, you know, I made a bad mistake right there. And that's the only way you can learn from it, is when you own up to the mistake. If you cover it over, you will fall and do it again. If you just delude yourself into thinking, well, it really wasn't that bad. Or, you know, all of these circumstances were going along and so you had to make that. Just don't do that. You're just copying out. You're not taking responsibility that that was a bad decision. I need to do better. I won't make that bad decision again. I can help others not make that bad decision. And when you realize that, change. Change the life course. Change the direction you're going. That's hard to do. We don't like change. (laughs) We like things to stay the way they are. We need to change, not assume we're right, really impress upon us the need to be open-minded and have humility about the way we're living our life and listen to what other people have to say. Second, or excuse me, third, can you do me a favor and not blame God for your problems? <laughs> Most of our challenges are because of our own decisions or somebody else's decisions. And sometimes we forget about that aspect. Not only do I bear the weight of my own foolish choices, but I bear the weight of other people's foolish choices. I have to bear the weight and ramifications of choices my parents made. And my children have to bear the weight and ramifications of the choices I make. And the people we know, the people here, the choices you make will have an impact on me. The choices I make will have an impact on you. We must recognize that. And so we should not blame God and say, well, God's the cause of every little thing that's happened. Perhaps we've caused the problem ourselves. Or somebody else has made a bad decision, and that has affected us. Develop some self-control. The fool has no control. The fool says the first thing that comes to his mind. The fool vents his feelings. Solomon says, don't do that. Put a lock on your heart. Put a lock on your tongue. Put a lock on your mind. And finally, try to avoid strife and conflict. The fool engages on those things. A man with honor, Solomon said, avoids strife. You pull your song books out. And while you're pulling your song books out, Think about the harsh reality of what that would be like to to stand on the day of judgment and and God would have to use the words on me and say, you know, 
You lived your life like a fool. That, that would hurt. You know, that would really hurt. We, we don't want that. None of us want to say to one another, you know, that is just some foolish living. You are not making good decisions. So we need to open our ears to the Word of God. We need to really open our ears to the wisdom that others, other Christians have and try to learn how to live a godly spiritual life that's pleasing in the sight of God. Let us think about on a daily basis this afternoon. Think about tonight. As you go to work tomorrow, how is your life a sacrifice before God? Are you showing yourself a living offering, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, that God could look at and say, that's pleasing. All those Old Testament images of offerings had to be perfect, without blemish, to be pleasing before God. Think about our life decisions. The choices you and I make are very important to God. As our lives are be living sacrifices that are being found pleasing in this sight. So make careful, calculated, wise decisions as you serve the living God. We're going to sing a song that encourages you to submit your life to God today. Might I offer my opinion and say that's the smartest thing you could do. <laughs> it is the smartest thing you could do to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. To submit to Him with all of your heart. And just say, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to turn away from sin. I'm going to set myself to follow him and serve him wherever he leads. Whatever his will causes me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow him and serve. Won't you be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins? Won't you have your sins washed away right now while we stand and while we sing?